Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we're back again following another crazy law. What? Come on, buddy. You trying to? You Are you okay? Walk, you want me to amp it up a little bit? Come on, where's the energy? I mean, it's March, I, I, baby. I have more energy than our basketball team did. Oh certain no! Players, certain players. Oh no! So, uh, you know, Purdue coming off a uh, another loss. This one to the Wisconsin Badgers. So it'll be the second loss to Wisconsin this year. Seventy sixty-seven is the final score in one of the crazier finishes you'll see in college basketball. Uh, Really sets you up for March, you know, pretty perfect almost that it was March 1st and you had a real March Madness NCAA tournament-like ending. So um, before we get into that and then look ahead to the IU game, I've got a question for you, Casey, and it goes to one of your kind of your biggest pet peeves about this team. Are you ready? Oh, okay. I thought we were going like kinks for a second and I was ready for that. No, no, nope, nope. But okay. Again, that... I got a voice that really does it for me, Ledman, if you want. Nope, nope, not going there. <laughs> Maybe in the off-season podcast, yes. you know. Uh, so, so here we go. Over the last 10 games. 12. No, no, I'm talking about 10. The last 10 games of Purdue's season. Mm-hmm. How many points has Isaiah Thompson scored? In 10 games? 10 games. Um, Eight. 17. Okay, I was a little low. He is averaging 1.7 points over the last 10 games. I couldn't remember if the one big explosion happened or not. No, it was just before that. That makes sense. So that's why you would pick that. Yeah. Um, looking here, yeah, his his strong point was a seven-point game against Northwestern. Yeah. So that's great. Strong point, yeah. It's great. Yeah, yep. Uh, in the last two games, I believe he's played 20 minutes and has zero points. Correct. So... Uh, that gives you at least one indication of why Purdue is 0-2 in those last two games. Obviously, you know, the opponents have been good. They've looked good, but 
when you, when you have players that are having games like that, it's kind of hard to overcome it. Um, so that was just a quick question. I know it's something that uh, gets you and sticks in your craw a little bit, so I wanted to at least poke the bear so we can get a little energy into this one. Um, I mean, I mean that- the one thing we're kind of not mentioning is he got benched in the second half. He didn't play. Yeah, he only had five minutes total he uh, was in yesterday's game. Minus 11 in five minutes. That's that's just crazy. Had a foul and a turnover, and uh, yeah, he was awful. He was attacked again on defense. Wasn't even attacked. Not even the right word. They ran a basic pick and roll, which is, I think, the number one thing you do if you're a point guard is to try to defend the pick and roll. Right. And he decided to go under twice without any hesitancy to get back. Scored both times on him. Scored both times, and then he fouled. That Johnny Davis, I think, driving to the hoop. I can't, I can't remember who it was. Found someone in the hoop because he just wanted to hang on the side. So, yep, big five minutes in the first half. Awful, 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 and didn't play in the second half for the first time this season. It's uh, it's wild how the Purdue rotation. Obviously, we're getting right into the Wisconsin game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's crazy how the rotation for Purdue has just shortened as the year goes on. I mean, you expect it to kind of tighten up to a degree, but the way Purdue's bench has just fallen uh, completely off has been really perplexing considering it was such a strength. I mean, you'll remember when we played Villanova earlier in the season, Villanova got tired as the game went on and it allowed Purdue to catch up and overtake them and then build a lead because Purdue was playing nine, 10 guys at that point, And, they were nine and 10 guys that you could trust and that you would feel comfortable starting. And then suddenly we look at uh, yesterday's game against Wisconsin. Yes, we played nine guys, but Thompson only played five. Caleb first played 12 and then uh, Trevion and Ethan Morton each played 17. So uh, the, the rotation is tightening and you don't really feel comfortable when some of the, when a handful of those guys are out there right now, because they're just not playing like we've seen them play in the past. Lightman, we have an all American coming off our bench. And our bench sucks. Yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't think we'd be here in March. No, no. I mean, if you go back and listen to pretty much every one of these podcasts uh, that we did leading up to basketball season and then for the first maybe two months of basketball season, it was nothing but effusive praise for, for guys like uh, Trevion Williams and Zach Eady talking about, you, you know, your phrase of a perfect 40 minutes from the center position. And now suddenly mm-hmm. we're basically relying on Zach Eady to play as much as he can uh, because Trevion Williams – is just not getting it done. I mean, yesterday, again, he played 17 minutes, two of eight from the floor, uh, two for two at the line, so that's good. Uh, Took one three that was quite ill-advised, wound up with five rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks, two turnovers and a foul, and he had a turnover at the absolute worst time um, with the game winding down, had had, uh, Mason Gillis streaking to the hoop, and tried to get a little fancy on his pass and wound up basically for throwing, no reason. Yeah, no reason at all. Basically throwing it off Mason Gillis, either his knee or his foot uh, right out of bounds. And Trevion looked like he was mad at Gillis after that. Um, and the announcers even mentioned it. You know, Trevion Williams is a little upset about hearing about that pass. It's like, well, make a better pass. Don't then. screw up. Yeah, it's um, it's worrying some. He. What? Yeah, what what is going on with him? And by the way, I don't think worrying some is a word. Worrisome? Worrisome is a word, but you said worrying some. No. Yeah. No. Check the tape. Check the no. tape. <laughs> Look, it's it's not great. It's not good. Um that was supposed to be our advantage. Uh we were talking before this briefly 
the backup center for Wisconsin, who is not, not, I repeat, an All-American, was better than Trey Trey Williams. Yeah, and I, I bet Chris, you, for, for those listening, I bet you can't give me his name. Nope. And I mean, it's not like he was great, but he had a plus minus of nine, uh, scored two points on a basket, uh, only had one turnover, had a block, had two assists. Um, at this point, we would, uh, that'd be, that'd be great if we had that. Yeah, I'd take uh, that. Trey didn't have just like one gaffe either. It was, he missed Sasha wide open at the rim. Yes. Oh these my are, gosh. These are all clutch in the second half. Not that hard of passes. Um, those are cuts that he normally looks for. It's. I don't. I don't know if it's part physical. You. You could tell me that he's played the entire second half of this season with a bad knee, and I believe it because that's how he's playing. Doesn't have trust okay, in but, his body. Doesn't move you know, the way that we're used to seeing him. And everything he does just kind of seems like perilous. But are you? I mean, are you basing that off him looking different on a knee, or are you just saying yes. a knee because that's Both. the most likely situation when a when a basketball player gets injured and you see a slight difference in how they react and play? I, I remember all the way back to the Villanova game. There were a couple times where he jumped up and kind of came down gingerly and kind of kind of reached for one knee, kind of like it was tender or sore or hyperextended or something. And if you get something like that and you can't give it a rest, and then you know, God forbid, you play for thirty straight days. Uh, that's going to exasperate the situation and you're not going to heal correctly. And if something like that's happening and he's just wavering through and not mentioning it because he doesn't want it to be excused, it would excuse some of his play because he doesn't look, it, it, he's not a freshman. He's not a sophomore. We've seen him for three years be a guy who, who didn't need 30 minutes to be great and was a focal point of the offense whenever he was on the floor, both passing and scoring. And we're, we're just not seeing it. He doesn't look like he's playing with feel. He doesn't look like he's comfortable. Things that we're used to seeing him do, he's missing a ton of bunnies. Yeah. Um, it looks like the only way he gets into moves is if he's thinking about it beforehand. He's no longer reading and reacting and just feeling the game, which was his number one skill. If you said anything, the best thing about Trey is just the way he felt and saw and just made like music out of the floor. And that's just not happening anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think it was mentioned in our group chat as well that it seems like our guys aren't really playing basketball anymore. A lot of times they're thinking about playing basketball. You know, they're they're putting way too much thought into it and not just, you know, going out there and playing because they don't trust themselves or they're playing too tight. I'm not sure what it is, but they they just look discombobulated completely. Um, I mean, Purdue started the game on offense very well. Thanks, Sasha. Um, yeah, I mean, he hit three threes in the first, uh, I believe, four or five minutes, uh, and then was cold the rest of the night. I don't believe he scored in the second half. He did dislocate his finger, so I'm going to yeah, guess that yeah. probably had something to do with it. Non-shooting hand, so that's good news. Yes and no, yes. I mean, yes, but your hands. <laughs> well, it it yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, it's the same thing. You have that to, to use that hand to shoot. You have to use that hand to catch a pass. You have to use that to dribble. It sucks. You're... You can get through and you can tape it up and you can do it. didn't look like you taped it up. You can get through it, but like, it's going to feel a little off. And I don't think yeah. it's a complete coincidence that he went from super aggressive, knocking everything down to not catching the ball cleanly to, you know, a couple balls just barely missed. We still needed that start because he was the only offense we had in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Purdue wound up with just 28 points in the first half um, and somehow w was down only five. Um, the first half, uh, aside from the first four you know minutes how? or so, because the defense actually looks good. So let's, I, I don't know if we want a big shebang or shabo about this, but 
that was the best our defense has looked all season, which is why I don't feel I woke up this morning not feeling that bad. I it's insane what happened. Two banked shots that were absolute uh as Johnny Davis said, bullshit. Bullshit, yeah. Bullshit baskets, and that sucks. But this is the first time all season we went into a game where we knew what the other team was going to do because they have an All-American, National Player of the Year candidate, maybe best offensive player in the country, definitely the, the most dangerous at all level guards. Well, and, and he's the leading scorer in the country right now. Yes. Johnny Davis is awesome. He is a threat constantly. Attacks the basket mid-range, not a great three-point shooter, great at the basket, great at drawing fouls. And Eric Hunter was up to the task for 40 minutes. He had one bad possession all game. He went out there as a senior and said, this is my guy. I'm locking him down. And it looks like he hadn't done anything but watch Johnny Davis tape because he knew where Johnny Davis wanted to be, how he wanted to get there. Every time Davis did one of his little step backs, curls, uh, play action or pump fakes, uh, just like the last shot that he banked in. Luckily, Hunter was there at the shot. That's why yeah, he had I the mean, pump fake. Yeah, uh, Hunter, Hunter covered it well. Unbelievable um, you performance. Could, you could hardly ask for uh, for better defense on that, uh, unless of course you can somehow get the block. But uh, it's not really what Hunter is known for. So you, you you watch that play, and Hunter was exactly where he needed to be, hand in his face, and somehow Davis found the backboard and then you know knocked it in. But it he, he shot it because he was trying to draw a foul. Yes, and he thought he was going to get it, and Hunter was disciplined all night, didn't give him anything, and. As a team, we played that way because we had a, look, Johnny Davis has the ball. It's going to be a pick and roll, and he's our number one priority. Did we lose some rotations and uh, double unwisely and give up some shots? Yes. But our number one focus was to stop Johnny Davis, and we did. For the first time this season, for 40 minutes, we played good to sound defense. Okay, but that that is all well and good, but I'll take the more pessimistic take on this whole situation. Uh, we may have slowed down Johnny Davis, but we allowed others to score, and we still lost the game. We were and on the road against a top 10 team I, and okay, lost but, to two garbage baskets. Right, and I get that. But when you say we're on the road against a top 10 team, you fail to note that we were the number eight team in the country. I don't fail so to not note as, it. it. Well, when you when you don't mention it, when you say we're I on the road we against a top 10 team. I think we assume that everyone knows Purdue is a top 10 team. Yes, and that's fair. All but, I'm saying is all year we've been asking for one thing, process over everything, that our defense looks better. Can we improve a bit? Because that's the only way we're going to have success in March. And we just saw it for 40 minutes in a crazy environment against a National Player of the Year candidate. No, I mean, I agree. I agree with that. However, it's it's hard to take solace in the fact that Purdue has now lost four games on just buzzer beater or close to shots and i mean it's such a weird situation because i'm of two minds the the fan irrational side of me just looks at those and says of course that's what happened to purdue this has happened four times this is probably how we're going to go out in march we're going to play a decent game and then we're going to get beat by a ridiculous shot at the end like i said that's the irrational fan side of me that takes everything and extrapolates it but the more rational side of me probably agrees with you because I look at it and I say, you know, this team is not perfect. It has flaws. But even when we play bad, we find ourselves in a situation where it takes two miracle shots from Wisconsin 
uh, to win a game, where it takes Rob Fennessy going off for IU to win a game. Um, you know, where it takes Full what the hell happened? Yeah, yes, the the Ron Harper Jr. shot at Rutgers to to beat us. It took and a Michigan State guard to do Michigan something State. well. Yeah, uh, which is not something we've seen a lot. <laughs> no. Um, so I mean, in those four games, it took amazing performances at the end of the game by the opponent hitting a shot to win the game to beat Purdue. And I know those those are tough shots, and you just wonder how many times that can happen in one season. For Purdue, it's been four times this season out of their six losses that have come down basically to the final possession. And it's so strange because if if each one of those shots by the opponent had missed, and if Purdue had won those four games, and they're sitting at 28-2 and two instead of 24-6, and six, I would feel a lot different about this team. But that's— I say, should you? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's completely irrational because it's one one possession changes how I feel about this team. One possession each in four games. So four possessions total go differently. I'm ecstatic about this team and we're looking at a number one seed. But as it is, I'm down on this team and we're looking at a number three or, you know, should things go very poorly, maybe even a number four in the NCAA tournament. And it's just amazing uh, what a difference that can make. Yeah, um, I think there is the defense to be encouraged by and i i'm i'm going to say this right now we have in the end of the game situations two of the best players in the country which is why it's wild we've lost so many close games but we've also come back late yeah pretty yeah. significant deficits which does show that we are capable of turning it on yeah i mean we were down 11 in the second half to wisconsin you i i mean kyle literally went to bed yeah <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was like, done. He's like, I'm going to bed. I'll watch the rest in the morning. Which, after how that ended, good on him. Yeah. But, he, like, a lot of people were done. We're over. This game's over. We were in a hostile environment on the road down by 11. That is the kind of thing that if if Purdue was at home in this scenario and won this game like that, we would have been dogged for giving up a late lead. Yeah. yeah. But we don't get any credit for coming back again. Well, to your to your point about having two of the best players in the country as far as uh, end of game situations, I mean, obviously you're talking about Jaden Ivy and Zach Eady. Uh-huh. Uh, Purdue um, e- Ivy and Eady scored Purdue's last 28 points of the game. And you know why that is? Because we just ran everything through. Yeah, them. yeah. And, and I mean, in the last seven minutes of the game, they were the only two Purdue players to even take a shot. Good. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> Ultimately, that's what it should have been because yeah. they were they were the only ones doing anything on offense. Um, but you would, of course, love a little more variety. You would no. have loved Sasha to – no, listen. You would have loved Sasha to be a threat out there. Um, he is a threat out there. I mean, yes. He creates he some threat, space. But Those two should not have as much space as they have. But they do because Gillis and Sasha shoot the lights out of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. But I, I just – I would like there to have been a third option because I feel like – the longer that went on, the more the defense was able to key on those guys. And we did have a couple rough possessions there uh, that slowed us down. But, I mean, you're not wrong in that ultimately having two guys score like that, it, there's no real harm in it because they are the two best uh, in late-game situations. And to break it down even more in the in the micro, can you ima- think of teams this season or historically that have two separate guys that are that good one-on-one? On the same team. Yeah, and especially the fact that, you know, they play such different games. So it's not like they have two wings um, or a point guard and a wing. I mean, we have a big man and a guard. 
um, that can really space the floor. And that we can... Zach Eady, pick and roller, amazing. If I'm disappointed by anything with Trey, it's that he is just not an effective pick and roll big man. He's never really added that to his game. He's only comfortable with the ball in his hand. Zach Eady, as a roller, unbelievable. And I, it, you can't stay in front of Ivy. Like If you one-on-one either of those guys, you are done. Neither of them is guardable. Jaden Ivey, once again, I, I think we kind of zoom past how difficult that Ohio State game winner was because we just focused on, you know, giving up that big lead. The balls on that shot and to hit it flush. And then this game, first of all, there were about 15 seconds left. And he's yeah. dribbling it up. I had no doubt he was pulling it. I'm pretty sure most people thought he was pulling it. But he is such a threat to just turn on the burners that Johnny Davis had to backstep because he can't stay with them. Yeah. And he just so, flushed another late three. Well, I mean, at that point, so that tied the game 67-67. Uh, I jumped off my couch when he made that shot. Unbelievable. Uh, because, of course, Wisconsin had a free throw opportunity at that point to push it to four points and miss the free throw. Yeah, uh, so it kept Yeah, Davison. So it kept Purdue alive. And then, as you said, Ivy uh, took the ball down, pulled the string on it, and just buried it. Um, and what was going through your head at that point? I mean, did you assume overtime or were you like, oh, there's too much time left? It felt like overtime as soon as Johnny Davis didn't get the ball. Mm -hmm. And when I saw it, they kind of rushed it, but kind of took them a little while to get it in. And you're counting the clock. You're like, okay, he's barely at half court with five seconds left. He's not going to get a great look. Oh, he's in the corner, full speed, step back. And I knew he was there. Yeah. I just like, okay, so we're going to. We're going to go to overtime and just, it was such a lucky shot, but it looks so clean off the backboard. It's, I have never been so bad. Yeah. I, it was so frustrating because you just go from the highest of highs to the lowest of yep. lows within, you know, like six seconds. And it just, just Purdue getting gut punched once again. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, fourth time this year. And this one matters because this one took the two seat away. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, again, I, I know you disagree with me, but I wanted to win the damn big 10 title. And with that loss, Purdue now can't obviously win the Big Ten. And I think it would have been an extra motivator for this team um, to keep the foot on the gas as Indiana comes into oh, town in the next game. You, hold on. You think we need an extra motivator? I think this team needs every motivation they can get. I think <sighs> I, I I don't love this narrative. No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying they're lazy. I'm just saying like anything to, to keep them focused, anything to keep them going. I'm not saying they're going to take a game off. Um, but I mean, I think shit like that matters to players. You know, they want to get the title. They want to get a championship ring. So to be able to have that extra thing to work for and play for, you know, those are goals they talked about at the beginning of the season. So of course it matters to them. It matters to them, but at some point you can only get so jacked up and, uh, this team lost to IU already. And I guarantee you, they don't feel like they got beat by a better team. Oh no, they they are, they are going to want this one. And if anything, I'm guessing they're going to want this one by 20 and to show the country that they are dominant. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would love that to happen. Um, there, there are a couple more things I wanted to mention about the uh, Wisconsin game before we move on. I thought it was wild. Um, this was Mason Gillis's first dunk in a Purdue game. He has missed a lot when he's gotten fouled. <laughs> well, no, he's gotten fouled a lot. When any, anytime I think of him going, it's usually baseline and he gets fouled. Yeah. Um, he looked good. We yeah. got it. He's got to figure out a way to not catch fouls. Yeah. I know some of them are questionable, but what we're trying to do, uh, we need him on the court, spreading the floor. The more Edie we play for sure, the more Gillis we need. Yeah. 
And some of it is, yeah, bad luck. Some of it, we need him to hustle. But his lack of awareness, Sasha got his finger separated because Gillis has no idea what's going on on the court. He sees ball and he just, like, I get you're playing hard, but, like, you have to be smart about it. You can feel, you know where your guys are and the defenders are. Like, you play enough basketball, you have a good sense. Sometimes you get caught up, but, like, you have to look a little bit because he knocks balls away from his own team a lot. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, I, I know we've mentioned it a few times this oh, season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've mentioned it on at least three occasions, I think. So, like, little things like that, it's hard because he is a torpedo. Like, he's just a human torpedo out yeah. there. Just, like, a little control, and you won't catch those fouls. And it, we, we can't have him play 17 minutes. Well, I mean, what do you think of that that strange hook and hole? Or, I'm sorry, that was, was it Morton. That was, was it Morton or whoever yeah, it was? Yeah, it was Morton. Morton. What, what do you think about that call? Because uh, to me, that was terrible. Because I didn't it think like it was a the, foul. It looked like the Wisconsin player grabbed him. purposely, yeah, yeah, grabbed him, put himself in position to look like he was being held. And then, therefore, the ref looked over, saw it, and, and that was the call. And I it understand gave... that foul call. Because if you look at it that way, like, it's hard to not think that. I didn't think it was a foul at the time. But it, the fact they reviewed it for that long, if they would have called that a hook and hold, oh, boy. But, no, I mean – Refs are terrible. It's yeah. really bad. And they're just so easily manipulated. Yeah, it's it's not good. I thought Johnny Davis should have fouled out. Oh, yeah. He was all over Ivy, and they just never called the first contact. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things, for some reason, Jaden Ivy doesn't get the same star treatment God. that guys like Johnny Davis. Probably because he's whiny and shows up refs. Well, that could be part of it. And the good they don't thing like is, that. The good thing is, when you get to the NCAA tournament, in theory, it's probably not going to be a Big Ten officiating crew. It's going to be his first chance to meet and get around them for the most part. They haven't spent all season with him. I don't know if that's what it is, but I mean, I think we have a pretty good, uh, pretty good hold on some of these officials' uh, personalities. You know, they don't appreciate it. Yeah, well, and most of those officials just not good in general. So uh, hopefully, like you said, we'll stay away from those guys. Um, it also was of note that to me in the uh, first half, for the last twelve minutes and three seconds of the first half, do you know how many points Purdue scored? Uh, not many. Nine. Once again, not great. Uh, I so, think, think we're, they were reeling a little bit from Sasha being hurt. A uh, little bit of reeling because I believe Edie went to the went to yeah, the bench in the he had first a couple half. Fouls. Yep. I mean, honestly, that's what it is. Like, if Edie's in the game, I'm very confident we're not going to have major offensive droughts because at some point you just give him the ball and good luck. Yeah, yeah, and he's either gonna gonna get an easy bucket yep. or he's gonna get fouled. But or an offensive rebound. Lead- that leads me to my last thing uh, about this game. Purdue's free throw shooting, absolutely abysmal. Jaden Ivey. Oh, uh, yeah. Purdue as, a team, Purdue as a team, 11 for 20. Uh, Ivy, 3 of 9. It was just Edie, Ivy. That, the only real yeah, part, I mean, Hunter missed one. Hunter missed one. Edie missed two. But, I mean, Ivy, 3 of 9 uh, from the line. And, you know, you hate to look at it and say, you know, if only this had happened, Purdue would won. But, 11 of 20, so they miss nine free throws and they lose by three. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that's uh, didn't that help. could be the ball game right there. So, yeah. no. Yeah, it's stuff like that. You definitely, like, you just have to tighten up and not have atrocious games at the free throw line when it matters. Yeah. There's no way around it. Uh, we see Ivy go, or Ivy go 15 to 17 some games. It's just, it, it's definitely mental. Mm-hmm. And you just, sometimes I... I am not a D1 athlete, obviously, but I've played a whole lot of basketball. <laughs> and free throws are the weirdest thing in the world because sometimes you just lose the feel. And it's usually a mental thing. Usually you miss one and you start thinking about it. Kind of like 
when you're trying to breathe and then you start thinking about how do I breathe <laughs> and your whole body seizes up and something yeah, that should yeah. be natural to you just isn't. And once you do that, like you're just I, uh, bend my knees, I guess, flick a wrist a little and like you're guiding the ball. And that, that's not the way to do it. And I, it just seems like he gets to that spot if he misses one early. Yeah, you don't want the yips uh, to go with breathing. I feel like that is not what you need. <laughs> yeah. uh, you want to just be able to breathe and not think about it. One uh, one good thing, it never deters him from attacking the hoop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, I don't think anything there, can deter him I, from attacking the hoop. Uh, ben Simmons, if he misses a couple free throws, he will just not go to the hoop. Like, there are players that avoid the line to avoid that situation. That's not Ivy. He's not no, scared. No, not at all. Not at all. So, I mean, there you have it. There's the Wisconsin game. Casey and I are taking much different uh, views of this, and I'm taking two different views because apparently I can't uh, determine what sort of fan I am and if I want to be rational or let my emotions take over. So, you know, it's just – it's hard to go through this uh, game after game and see your team lose like this. I mean, in in the five of the six losses, Purdue has 38 missed free throws and has lost those games by a combined 16 (laughs) – by a combined 16 points. That's a good stat. I mean, you know, it's just it's it shows you the little things make a difference. And we talked probably around Christmas time about how this team was shooting poorly from the free throw line, but it hadn't mattered. Uh, and we said something like that is going to catch up to them if they don't fix it, and it could cause them to lose a game or two. And they they've now lost six games. Obviously, the Michigan game is an outlier. N- nothing they could have done at the free throw line was going to change that, but. If Purdue hits their free throws in those five losses, they could have turned those into wins. Um, and they just didn't – they just didn't take care of the easy ones, didn't take care of the things that make a winning team a winning team. And now they're looking at six losses, and, and we don't know what's going to come on Selection Sunday now. Yeah, it's it, it's weird because there's no – there's no clean answer to how do you get better at free throw. Well, if you listen to everyone on the internet, they need to go back as soon as they get home from a game and shoot a thousand free throws right. apiece. That's totally the problem. And that will fix it. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. That's a good place to leave it right there. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna take a break, come back and look ahead to the final regular season game against the Indiana Hoosiers. And we are back to talk about Purdue's final Big Ten game of the season at home at Mackey Arena. The IU Hoosiers coming back uh, for the second game of the series. And uh, hopefully Purdue can get some revenge. And hopefully Rob Finnessy does not hit just about every shot he takes. Um, IU is actually playing right now. Uh, They're playing Rutgers. They're currently up by a seven as we are speaking, but we don't know how that's going to go. Casey, you said that was... Uh, going to be a loser leaves town match as far as NCAA tournament goes. You stand by that? Yeah, I I think Rutgers needs every win possible. A road win at IU is going to look good. And if you're IU, you can't give up a home win. That's that's a bad loss at that point. And they're not a very strong looking team right now. They're uh, what's, 18 and 10 overall. 18 IU. and 10 with a five game losing streak in there. Um, th- yeah, they've their last good win was Purdue. <laughs> Yeah. So yep. 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 And that was uh, a while ago. Purdue, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Those are their only top fifty wins on Ken Palm. Oof. That's not a good resume. No. No. So yeah, I mean, this is this is the rematch from the game that uh, yet another Purdue loss at the last second. Um, and this is one that 
as we said in the last segment, Purdue is probably going to be pretty desperate and pretty hungry to win just because for these seniors who it's their last game against IU, they don't want to go out with two losses in a row. Um, there's more than, you know, there's, the Big Ten title is not on the line, but there's pride on the line. And anytime these two face off, like you said, and and it's a fair point, you don't really need any additional um, factors to, to get up for this game. So I think the, the team will be uh, ready and prepared for this, and we can hope that Mackey Arena makes the difference um, compared with the last game at Assembly Hall. Yeah, it's when you're playing a team like IU who exists on energy and defense – not a very skilled team, not a good shooting team, uh, not a good offensive team. If you can get them on your home floor where you have the energy and you have something to prove, and Purdue definitely has something to prove right now, uh, that is the ideal scenario, and it is an in-state bitter rivalry. And those Purdue kids know if they stomp IU, if they just smash them to Katie Court and then kick them away like debris, IU's not making it to the tournament again. Yeah, that would be, I mean, we don't know that for sure. It could depend on what they do in the Big Ten tournament. Um, but it would be a great feeling to kind of take your rival out of the running for, for the NCAA tournament. And, I mean, this would that would be, what, five years that they haven't made the tournament? Uh, or six, I can't remember. How but... long was little Archie there? <laughs> I think he was only there four. Um, he was there in 18. 2017, they were 18 and 16. I'm going to guess they did not. They made the NIT and lost to George Deck. 2017 uh they did make it in 2016 uh made it to the sweet 16 so yeah one two three four five this would be the sixth straight season and i can't think of any better way to welcome mike woodson to the iu era yeah to follow in his predecessor's footsteps (laughs) follow in his foot um so yeah i mean it would be it would be pretty great to uh crush their hopes of getting back to the NCAA tournament um and i mean they're We'd really hoped that that this game was going to be, you know, with the Big Ten title on the line. Uh, unfortunately, that is not the case. Uh, but it it is going to be an opportunity um, to hopefully maybe get this Purdue offense back on track um, at home against your rival. It's a tough ask. They're good yeah, on defense. They are. They are. But it's it's different when you're playing at Mackey and with the uh, revenge factor. But uh, Casey, I know you have probably one of your favorite players in college basketball is on IU. And I wondered, wondered if you'd been able no. to get, no, no. Well, let me finish. Let me finish. One of your favorite players uh, in all of college basketball plays on IU. And I wondered if you could just kind of tell me what we can expect out of uh, your hero, uh, a guy you look up to Trace T Jackson Davis, <laughs> Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I mean, what do you do in the first game? Uh, uh, sat on the see. bench quite a bit. Yeah, four points on two, two of four from the line. Took one shot. Cool. Um, I mean, he's not been very good. He's got a big game I, against Wisconsin. I hear he's going to be Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, 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 National Player of the Year. We talking about yeah, All American play- first team, All American first team. selection. I mean, he can't match up with Purdue size. There's, there's just no way around it. Like Zach Eady is a problem for him. It's, it's. He's not. He's just. He is a limited player. He's a good dunker that plays with energy and that thrives on space that that offense is not predicated towards creating because they don't have many shooters or playmakers. Um, Their guards are inconsistent at best, and he's not someone that's going to carry a successful team. And I I, I mean, you're going to get what you're going to get from him. You might get some uh, exciting plays. He doesn't turn the ball over, so that's good, but you don't turn the ball over when all you do is shoot. So limited player. You. If you're going to be inside, you better be Zach Eady dominant. And he's just a 
inside the arc shooter who doesn't really make free throws either. So he's not that good. Man, he's, he's a mediocre rebounder. You really changed your tune. If if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you'll remember uh, what a huge fan of uh, mm-hmm. TJD Casey is. So this is this is a huge turnaround for you. I'd still take Sasha over him. <laughs> I'd probably take Mason Gillis over him. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I, uh, we'd for have, our team. Well, yeah, we'd have to see. We'd you, have to see. I mean, it's hard to play a regular center with him, and you need to play a regular center with him because he's not big enough to guard in the post. Well, yeah, and I mean, if he was on our team, you certainly can't just sit Zach Eady in favor of him. Mm. Um, so, you know, this is an IU team who, after a five-game losing streak uh, where they lost to, granted, they, it was a tough stretch of games. I will give them that. Um, they lost Yeah, Northwestern. <laughs> listen, Ooh. they lost. Northwestern was the game where they had basically everyone out for a supposed curfew mm-hmm. uh, violation, but they lost to Illinois at Northwestern at Michigan State versus Wisconsin at Ohio State. In that Ohio State game, uh, they collapsed and then just could not uh, do anything in the overtime period there. But over the last two games, they've had a little bit of an easier schedule, and they're coming off wins uh, against Maryland and at Minnesota. So they're trying to right the ship, and as I said at the top, they're currently playing Rutgers. Uh, no, no idea yet how that one's going to finish but they do look a little better the lead's now down to five for them so it'd be really great if Rutgers could pull that one out and uh put another loss in their uh in their season total for us are you sure you don't want them to win just to make it a little sweeter oh no and they get clinched no by no us? i don't no because you just i don't know i've seen a lot of the bubble predictions with iu being like last four in or first four out or um you know they're right there riding the bubble so I would like to have them lose as many as possible so that they do not get even closer to getting in. Do we remember how bad their non-conference schedule was? I, d- I don't. Uh, enlighten me. Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois, St. John's, Louisiana, Jackson State, Marshall, Syracuse they lost to, Merrimack, Northern Merrimack. Kentucky. Merrimack, that just blows my mind. Merrimack. And then the Notre Dame game that they don't want to play anymore. Well, because because they're a national program, Casey, and they don't have time mm-hmm. to play games in the state of Indiana. That's true. They've got to go, you know, elsewhere. And Six home games to start stages. the season. Yeah, that's uh, that's and not a not a good opponent amongst them. I mean, St. Johnny's, Aaron Wheeler, baby. Well, yeah, but do we want to talk about that at all? Maybe that's, for a I second. Was just about, uh, I was just about to say, how ooh, great would it be to have Aaron boy. Wheeler on this team right now? God, he is exactly what we need. Yeah. Lockdown defender. He's shooting 40% from three. He, I was a fan of his uh, from the beginning. I know he had a rough sophomore year, but I always believed in him. He was part and of the his, reason why we turned it around last year late. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. The, really good on defense, rebounding the ball. Last, like, I think six or seven games of the season, he just kind of played like he remembered how to play basketball. Um, and it was a, I mean, it was a great farewell for him because we got a, there were some hints that he was planning on not sticking around, looking for another opportunity. And, you know, he seems to have found a place where he's doing well at St. John's, but man, I would really love to have his length and his athleticism and his shooting ability, uh, on this Purdue team. I think if we did, I think we'd have two, maybe three more victories. Yeah. I, yeah, he fills exactly a hole we need, uh, defensively we can yeah the defense too i mean he's so long and he can guard like every position good rim protector uh yeah he's got they've got to unleash him down there he's got some monster game he put 31 points up against villanova yeah just put 20 points up against depaul the team sucks they've been losing a lot not because of him no no it's not his fault good on him 
Yeah, I mean, we always love to see former Purdue guys succeed. It's just a shame that we couldn't have him do that here at Purdue this season because, as we just said, would have been a great addition to the squad, especially especially on defense, you know, like you, you pointed out, long arms, uh, quick, can guard nearly every position. So would love to have him. Wish we could do like an in-season trade somehow, maybe a free agency situation. Also, I'm sorry we said this stuff about Davison. I couldn't stomach watching him on my team. Oh. <laughs> what just, what just an utter piece of crap. Just a horror. If you are what you do on a basketball court, he is a horrendous human being. Just shameless. That foul yeah, he drew on Edie, he took word. out he took out like five people's knees in that game. Yeah. He's not exactly someone who I would want to tell my child to play like. No. He, he's he got that Duke player uh, mentality. <laughs> like Grayson Allen. Yeah, a little mini gray. Well, mini yeah. gray. Not someone you want to be compared to. Second shade of gray. Oh, nope. Don't <laughs> want to think about that. Um, so, I mean, is there anything else about this IU game? I mean, do we do we have any idea what the ramifications are going to be for Purdue seeding at this point, if they lose or if they win? Or, or are we at this point, do you think we're we're a solid three and trying to hang on? I don't think we're that win? solid right now. Well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I, I think we're, we are get to the Big Ten championship to be – a solid three. I there. I depending on who we play, it looks like we might go something like Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin. That, I mean, that's brutal. It's it's brutal. Um, and I, you're not gonna tell me that a win against Indiana and Iowa and then a loss is gonna lock us into the three. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's so much of it depends on what other teams do, but uh, we're, we're I out of the I, running for a one seed. Oh yeah, absolutely. And. I think we're out of the running for a two. If we win, if we win the Big Ten, nah, I don't think so. And get a couple teams ahead of us. Um, Auburn could slip. UCLA could slip. Texas Tech, Tennessee, Villanova could all slip below us. Um, we have the head-to-head advantage against Villanova. Um, those teams all have six or more losses. Uh, Houston, I would be shocked if I don't know how they're going to rank Houston because you know they haven't. They just don't play the kind of schedule that you're used to seeing for a two seed. Right. They've got a big game on the road of Memphis to finish the season. Uh, I, I'm not saying a two seed is out of the question, but we would need some help and we would need to win the Big Ten. All we can control, I think if we get to the Big Ten title, you can expect a team or two to lose because not everyone can win their conference. Right. And then lock in is probably the number one or number two three seed. I A three seed is not the end of the world. We just can't no, drop the four. No, uh, and that's what I'm afraid of. I mean, I think we're fighting for our lives for a three right now. There's and... there's not a ton of difference between being a two or three because you're either – you're going to probably play that same talent regardless in that game. It's just whether you have the two or the three seed. And for those unaware, why do you think there's such a difference between a three and a four? Because the four seed plays the one seed. There you the go. Elite eight. There you go. Not elite eight. Sweet 16. Well, what, yeah. Even yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Worse. That's, <laughs> that's harder. Would prefer to play them in yes, the Elite Eight. Yes, trying to play them in the Elite Eight. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's what you're trying to avoid, because um, I think, weirdly enough, Gonzaga we probably matched the best with, because their guards don't super scare me, and I don't think they can guard Edie. And then uh, I don't want to play Baylor. Oh, no, I don't I either. I don't want to play Baylor, and I don't want to play Arizona, and I don't want to play Kentucky. I well, really don't want to play Kentucky. Room. Kind of running out of top teams. No, those are the top. I mean, those would be my one seeds right now. So I don't, I don't want to play any of them. I'm not that scared of Duke. I think they're good. Like they're good. You were, they're like you're scared to play them, but like 
teams that I think we don't match up well or that's get they're they're not very disciplined and they're not their guards aren't the best. Uh, but the sheer athleticism of Kentucky, the in your faceness of Baylor, and the just Arizona can flip a switch and go crazy. Those three teams are the three teams I do not want to play. Yeah. And I mean Give me Tennessee just, as a two seed. Please. They're not gonna be a two seed. Yeah, I don't think so either. But it's Purdue again, they they control their own destiny to a degree. They just have to keep winning games. Um and we we just gotta wait for the selection committee, wait for Sunday and you know, not this Sunday, but Can we beat Illinois uh, a third time? The oh my holy god, I don't know. Grail That's, of victory? Tough. That's tough. It's tough to beat any team three times, as everybody says. Uh so I, I, <laughs> How, how many games do you think it would take before Northwestern took one from us? Oh, okay. like 20? <laughs> I mean, I, I'd, I'd say 20. What about you? Uh, 33. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I think it'd be a while. Um, the rest – what about Nebraska? They're pretty bad. I After they just stomped Ohio State? I just well, think yeah. Northwestern doesn't challenge us in any way. At least – No. Nebraska, I mean, they don't. Yeah, there's just certain teams that are it, – it's inevitable the way it's going to end. Ah, TJD well, you, just turned the ball over. You hate to see it late, late, yeah. late. Man, he was he was gonna post up from 18 feet away and. <laughs> you know, you know, you see Nebraska just gave their basketball coach a, uh, an extension. Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. Oh God. And I said, I I tweeted, oh. uh, I was like, oh, well, you know, he's certainly done enough to to deserve that. So, uh, Nebraska Wait. probably not looking to get any better. Uh, Hold on, was it an extension or a restructure? I, I remember a restructure. I think it was like a one-year extension. I thought like he took a pay cut. Well, maybe. Which but, would make sense. Yeah, he should probably do it for free. Um, but we are way off topic. We're gonna look the re- we're gonna look at like the the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament uh, on our next podcast. Um, but for now, we're looking forward to IU last game of the season. I I'm hoping for a great crowd. So you know, this is it. This is where we determine the Big Ten uh, tournament seating. Ten wins and to go, Ledman. Yep, there you go. Ten wins to go. We're going to start counting them down. So for Casey and myself, let's go Boilers. Let's uh, stomp those Hoosiers. IU sucks, folks. Boiler up. <laughs>